This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Ron Thomason and Heidi Claire Lambert, representing the High Mountain Hay Fever Festival Association. Under full disclosure, I am a board member of High Mountain Hay Fever. Ron is the president of the organization that puts on this yearly bluegrass festival, this year running July 11th through 14. Ron is leader of Dry Branch Fire Squad, one of the host bands at the festival. Heidi is also an organizer of the festival and a nationally known old-time fiddler. She will perform and will coordinate the High Mountain Hayseeds. Both are serious horse enthusiasts, and both should be putting up hay right now. Welcome to the program, folks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I sure got. I, I I can't hardly wait to get back in the field. There you <laughs> there you go. So, how's the hay this season? It's a, it's been really wet. The grasses are great. I, I read in the uh, Wet Mountain Tribune that th- this is the first time in the last twenty years that Colorado hasn't experienced a drought, and the hay is wonderful. I've made some that's uh, so heavy I can't lift it, but Heidi can. <laughs> Heidi, that you bit off more than you can chew on that. I, I think I did. <laughs> so we're getting very close to uh, High Mountain Hay Fever, and it doesn't seem that it was that long ago that we were wrapping up the last one. What's the secret of this long-running festival that's basically all run by volunteers? Well, we have this great board member, Gary Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and others like him that just work their fannies off everybody gets started as soon as the last one's over every year it improves my job seems to be anymore just sort of delegating jobs and i've never been turned down it's like making emails that lessen my load and pick up everybody else's now i kind of know how this works and your job starts the week after the last one ends, because you piss, <laughs> you start picking up the phone and calling these bands, and there's a lot of work on that thing. Now the festival runs four days. There's probably close to twenty bands on the order of a thousand people a day under the big top. What did the first one look like? The first one was at the rodeo grounds, and it looked like a dust storm. I remember thinking, uh, "We all better move to California." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but. It came off just as well as the rest. Everybody just pulled together. We went from there. Now, you guys play a lot of festivals around the country. Uh, Heidi, what makes this one unique? It's a great question because I think about that, and I think all all of us performers think about that when we go from festival to festival. And the it's the um, I've said many times before that if the seed of the idea is solid then the event will be will be great. And I think that's the reason, you know, the reason why they started this festival is what dri- what continues to drive it. And there are two other festivals that I would compare. One is a for-profit which is uh, Ron's festival up in New York called Gray Fox. That is the most one of the most remarkable groups of people that gather, audience, the mm-hmm. audience that gathers. They just are they're like a gigantic family. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so yeah, I, and 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 hardly strictly bluegrass has that too. It's a free festival, but it's um, it just has that feeling of family, even though mm-hmm. there's like seven hundred thousand people. Was, but it's still, you know, we have that here, and you can have that in a larger group if if you if you present the 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 correct vibe. Mm-hmm. The thing that strikes me is you run across someone like Lou Reed uh, from uh, Carolina or uh, Seldom Seen. He's in both of those groups. He'd come back here anytime, is my sense. You know, and he's one of the best voices in bluegrass. Yes. He would, and he always reminds me of that every fall. (laughs) (laughs) He loves to be here, and we love to have him. That's another aspect you just uh, reminded me of, that we've, over all the years of this festival, there's a certain type of performer that is willing to come here mm-hmm. and play for a thousand people when it, right during the season they could be playing anywhere for more people and uh we haven't uh we haven't really had much we haven't bombed out on performers much no no and the audience is incredible and yes, that's why yes. they want to come back because when you get that kind of love mm-hmm. from a thousand people it's really powerful right so you can probably fit 800 or so in the in the big tent and it can be pin drop quiet which is very unusual for an outdoor festival which is and people pick up on that i know the festival starts thursday night thursday traditionally is for locals it's kind of pitched that way what is what does thursday hold for us this year well, I'd like to speak directly to the mayor of Westcliff. There we go. Who's been <laughs> kind of hounding me for the last 10 years saying things like, when we come on Thursday night, we want to see the host bands, which really translates his favorite band is the Sons and Brothers. I'm sure and, he likes the Dry Branch. Well, uh, that's not obligatory, but I've always wanted to be able to satisfy that request on his part, but... I've, the plain fact is, both those bands, and I'm in one of them, really can't afford to have a whole band here for four days mm-hmm. because people forget that we have people working for us and we have to pay them. So got together with the Woking Brothers, and Heidi, Claire, and I decided we would come and uh, we're going to put on a sort of a mixed host band halfway there free concert to start the festival off the very first thing and if paul winky is not there he's going to lose all his leverage on future bands <laughs> as we like to say the four-day pass is the best deal in bluegrass Expensive. absolutely best deal in bluegrass. yeah so wh- who are some of the folks that will be here in this year <clears throat> the star of the show will be the Joe Mullins and the Radio Ramblers. Joe's not only also the leader of my favorite bluegrass band and and carrying on the traditional way that bluegrass started, kind of fully grown with people like Monroe and Flatt and Scruggs and the Stanley Brothers. He's also the president of the International Bluegrass Music Association and owns a couple of radio stations himself and uh, mm-hmm. promotes bluegrass all over the country. And he, he's from the, that Miami Valley area, as I recall. That, that I, I went to school down there, and uh, bluegrass is very famous for that. And if I have to ask him myself, I'm going to see if he'll do his Osborne Brothers tribute. That was, that was a highlight last time it when he was here. And, and uh, he's got that recorded, and I'm sure he'll do it for you. And if not... 
We'll find somebody who will do it for <laughs> Just got to pull your – tell him how important you are. Exactly. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll take us a long way. Who, who else is going to be uh, – Cody Norris, here? big surprise. I, I'll be To me, he's the new Jimmy Martin of bluegrass, and um, I call him the, the new king of bluegrass. Got the nudie suits. Uh, for people who don't know, nudie doesn't mean what you might think. It's a particular person, a company that makes really fancy right. sequin-filled suits. you got to think back to, to uh, Buck Owens and some of those. Porter some, Wagner. Uh, the, yeah. the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Nothing Fancy is a group that uh, their name doesn't really define how good they are. They can do traditional country gentleman music just the way the country gentleman did it. And then they can take that uh, particular talent and uh, ascribe it to their own material that, that's quite unique. And from the Hall of Fame, we have Eddie and Martha Adcock and Tom Gray, mm-hmm. widely known as poss- possibly the best bass player that ever played bluegrass music. And the one that I think is going to surprise everybody, I, I think this is going to be the big introduction. Every year we shoot for something like this is a duet called Paper Wings. And they, it's two young girls, but their music and their approach to the music is is outstanding and, and the supreme. Uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful surprise for people. And then we got the host bands and Heidi Clare and Gary Bowman. And uh, I think all in all, we're geared up for a good festival. There's going to be a lot of great things. Heidi, you wrangle the kids for the High Mountain Hayseeds performance. Uh, How do you get them ready for the big stage in just a couple days? That's always a very creative process because I I never know who's coming um, in total and... uh, and we never know what works. You know, I always have a list of songs that we try to put forth, and some of, some of them grab and some of them don't. But um, we have hayseeds that, been com- that have been coming back for many years that have kind of grown up through the festival, and they have become really, really good. <laughs> Two fiddlers from up in Brighton. We've got a brother-sister guitar and... Uh, and you can in singing from down in in New Mexico, and um, and and Lily from our local community, just local here. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the performance of the Hate Seeds is uh, always on Sunday. Is mm-hmm. that right? That's correct. And it's a highlight of the festival. I mean, people love that. So, well, it's fun, and and I do want the the listeners to know that. Uh, the community is very much welcome. I think uh, we have not been g- great about uh, publicizing it, which is, is just kind of silly on my part, but we put up a web page this year, so there's a little bit more information, but we'd love to have um, folks from the community come on down and join us. You don't don't need to know how to do anything. You can come. We, ha- we have everything from three-year-olds up to... Seventeen-year-olds, <laughs> and they're all welcome. They and it, and it's a real competition. Usually, no one can compete with the three-year-olds. They're just too entertaining. That's exactly right. We'll look I, forward I'd like to the to hayseeds. Throw yeah. something in here. First of all, I've said year after year that I'm shocked by how hard the board of directors works. It's real serious work, and nobody gets paid for it. And then they put their own money in to boot, but. Um, 
a lot of people would never know how hard Heidi works all year long on hayseeds. And uh, I was kind of unaware until I got drafted to make some music to send out to specific hayseeds here and there. And couldn't really play the music without practicing. <laughs> so these these groups are good. <laughs> now, another thing about the festival is it's uh, run by a non nonprofit, and the proceeds go back into the community. And I know your organization is very proud about that. Tell us a little bit about how that works. I guess what I would like to say is, you know, we started with our goal being to provide funds for health care for children in the community. And uh, our immediate need at that time, over a decade ago, was to be able to make sure that every child in our county at least had access to health care. And we've tried to stick with that through the years, but we've also done things like um, buy an ambulance, keep the community clinic open, uh, help with other worthy projects, and, and so people actually fill out sort of their needs, and we try to fill them as much as possible. And I believe we're well over half a million dollars into doing that. That's that's right. I think we're approaching $600,000, which is an amazing amount of money for uh, a community of this size. I think so. I'm Absolutely. Really, I, I think that the pride of the festival is that we all pull together to do that. And the fans, the people that come, the audience, they're part of it. In a real big way, I think they sign on. Mm -hmm. And I've often said that the bluegrass audience is the one audience in the world that's always pulling for the performers, uh, hardly ever looking for mistakes, of which, of course, there are many. <laughs> but the, this particular bluegrass audience that we have here is really pulling for the festival. And it's a, it's a thing that I never thought I'd ever get to see. Mm -hmm. It sort of makes me... Uh, uh, well, I kind of weep over a little bit. I've never seen it in my life. And um, I, I think it's a great thing that the community tolerates. It's a special time. We're running short of time, but let me ask a, a few questions. Heidi, you've performed all over uh, all over the country and beyond. Give me a couple memorable performances. Well, following on what Ron just said, how audiences can be so so moving and 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 you can feed you with so much power. I think my Colorado memory was playing at Red Rocks um, with the Cold Mountain Tour. So it was Alison mm -hmm. Krauss and the whole cavalcade of stars. And uh, we were, I was with my band, Real Time Travelers, and we were on right before the break. And I danced every show, and so I did my dance. And right at the end of my dance, this wave of something... Einstein would have a word for it. Maybe it was neutrinos. <laughs> Came at me, and, and the sold-out crowd at Red Rocks gave me a standing ovation that was so spontaneous and so incredible. <laughs> so that, that made me really like Colorado, even before I lived here. That's a spectacular venue. It has to feel like that. Ron, let me ask you a slightly different question. You've had a chance to rub shoulders with everybody in bluegrass, who are the people that you love to see on the bill when you're going to a festival? Because they're just a good, a good friend. Well, I love being around the seldom seen. 
uh, I have since the band started. Uh, Way back in the John Duffy right. and uh, in uh, fact, Starling days. I and, counted John Duffy as one of my best friends ever, and uh, he, I always counted on him. We had a lot of fun together, but uh, uh, he passed away in 1996, just a few months uh, away from the time Bill Monroe passed away. And uh, I, I love seeing the, those guys. And um, Lou Reed's another one. Mm-hmm. Pretty good friends. Lo- last time he was here, I loaned him the band van to go on a little <laughs> tour around here. I wish we had more time. I've got plenty of more questions. But let's remind folks that uh, this year, the festival is Thursday through Sunday, July 11th through 14th, right down there on the Bluff Park under the Big Top. It is, and uh, you can meet our mayor there, I think, if on you Thursday get there night. early on Thursday. On Thursday night. <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to it. We've been visiting with uh, Ron Thompson and Heidi Claire Lambert on the High Mountain Hay Fever Bluegrass Festival. Uh, this, I believe, is the 17th annual, and that's an amazing number. So thanks for uh, stopping by today. Thank thanks you, Thanks for Gary. having us, Gary. And we'll see you on the bluff. <laughs> we'll be there. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 